community activists on all, in all sorts of ways without having to um, you know apply to nonprofits to foundations to find activist groups that happen to have angel donors you know they basically have an unconditional basic income that would support community activism what I think one can say with kind of a simple, straightforward prediction is that locally oriented, problem-solving activism in a grassroots sense, that would increase. Some of that will have um, quite progressive characters, but it would also mean that people involved in faith-based, church-oriented good works would increase. So exactly how that plays out politically, uh, I think, is another ambiguity. So that's for sure. Now, whether it also contributes to a more coherent progressive politics, not just local activism doing good stuff, that, I think, doesn't follow one way or another from basic income. If there are social forces engaged actively in the solidarity work and the political work around those broader movements for change, then a basic income makes their job easier. If those don't exist, I don't think a basic income triggers their existence. Later in the interview, Eric Olin Wright spoke about how unconditional basic income fits within efforts to undermine and go beyond capitalism. There's a variety of strategic visions you can have. You can have a vision of smashing capitalism. Uh, that's the ruptural revolutionary tradition. You can have a vision of taming capitalism. That's the social democratic idea of neutralizing its harms. You can have a vision of escaping capitalism, the sort of hippie in the woods solution. Uh, or you can have a vision of eroding capitalism by building alternatives in the spaces where that's possible and then engaged in struggles to expand those spaces. Uh, build the future you want in the places where you can in the present and expand them through struggle. Now, the eroding capitalism requires changes in the rules of the game as well. Unconditional basic income is attractive because it's a change in the rules of the game about how people gain access to livelihood. It's a different kind of capitalism with an unconditional basic income than without it. But it unleashes the potential for people to engage in the process of building other kinds of economic systems inside of capitalism. They have the freedom to build a different world in the present. Uh, It would increase what's often called the social and solidarity economy. It would increase all sorts of cooperative enterprises. It would uh, accelerate, and this is... uh, might seem a little odd thing for a leftist to say, it would accelerate automation and the elimination of paid work in certain sectors because it becomes expensive since people don't want to do it. Well, that's actually a good thing. It's a good thing to get rid of work that people don't want to do if the only reason they do them is because they don't have an exit option. So you give them an exit option, you, you automate this stuff, But the people whose time and effort is liberated by that automation then can, if social forces are encouraging them in various ways, build alternatives. So that seems to me, in the long term, if we want to ask, what would it take to move beyond capitalism? 
if you don't think that a revolutionary rupture is any longer a plausible scenario, which I don't, I don't think that there's a plausible scenario in which you can seize power and smash the power of the capitalist class in some ruptural moment. I just think that's implausible, both because I don't see a scenario to get to the point where you could attempt it, but the attempt itself would blow up in your face and produce a world other than the world that we want. So if smashing capitalism is just not plausible, then eroding capitalism is the only prospect for its fundamental transformation. And basic income underwrites that dynamic, potentially. But like everything, I think, <laughs> it has this contradictory quality. And thus, it would become a crucial problem to be solved. How can we reconstruct the collective agency of people to act politically? It becomes less important for them to act against employers at the point of production. That ceases to be the main site at which struggle is needed. But the struggle in the society over the rules of the game, over the state is every bit as important, if only to defend the basic income and to make it a generous as opposed to a miserable one. You know, that requires collective action. And that is a problem. That is a problem. <clears throat> and it's a problem for which I don't have any <laughs> magic wand solutions. But um, uh, I think a capitalism with a generous basic income is a better terrain upon which to work on that problem than the capitalism we have today. Eric Olin Wright, the Marxist sociologist and author and public intellectual, speaking with me in 2016. I'm really glad I got to speak with him before he passed. Um, he is and was an important uh, thinker. And uh, we're going to move on in a few minutes to Michael Borvoy, a sociologist based at UC Berkeley, and what he has to say about Eric Olin Wright. But I want to let people know, remind them, that we have a, a wonderful book by Eric Olin Wright that's just come out. So it was um, completed just before Eric died in January, this past January, and it's just out called How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century. And it's considered his kind of manifesto, his uh, manifesto for guiding us toward a socialist and a democratic society. And it is yours as a thank you gift for your pledge of $15 a month to KPFA. $15 a month to KPFA, and we'd be delighted to send you this book, How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century, by Eric Olin Wright. The phone number is 1-800-439-5732, 1-800-439-5732. I'm your host this hour, C.S. Song. I normally... You can normally hear me on Against the Grain at noon, but on Mondays through Wednesdays, but I'm here to remember Eric Olin Wright and to uh, share some of his words, many of his words with you, and to uh, ask you to support KPFA and get this uh, dynamic and, and um, not overwhelming book, How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century. It's only about 150 pages long, so it's something that you could actually finish and read. It's very clear and accessible, and it basically distills many of the ideas and concepts and strategies that Eric came up with 
and developed over his lifetime of teaching, research, and writing, an enormously influential thinker and uh, a source of inspiration for many activists. He really uh, crossed the divide between scholarship and the streets. And you... um, if you're interested in critiques of capitalism and how to move beyond capitalism, uh, I commend this book to you. It is called, again, How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century. $15 a month or $120 all at once. It's yours as your thank you gift for supporting KPFA. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. 1-800-439-5732. Bhaskar Sunkara of Jacobin Magazine. You might have seen him. He was part of a KPFA. He was a featured speaker at a KPFA event recently. He writes that Eric Olinwright was a visionary writer gifted with the imagination to foresee what life after capitalism might look like, but he was much more than that. He embodied an entire way to think about capitalism and the world, clear, precise, and free of BS. This book, his last, should be an indispensable reference point for those who want to change the world for the better. Another commentator said, Wright's ideas capture the imagination of audiences, intellectuals, and activists across the globe. Wright reinvented the meaning of socialism. And a reviewer in The Guardian wrote of How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century deserves to be widely read. He makes the case for what's wrong with capitalism, what would be better, and how to achieve it. This is the rare book that can speak to both the faithful and the unconverted. You could buy it for your skeptical skeptical uncle or your militant cousin. There is something here for the reader who needs persuading that another world is possible and the reader who wants ideas for bringing that world into being. How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century, Eric Olin Wright's last book, and perhaps his um, defining work in the sense of distilling decades of work into this tightly argued manifesto yours for a pledge of $15 a month or $120 all at once to KPFA 1-800-439-5732 or kpfa.org. Now, I want to share with you some remarks made by Michael Bourvoy, a sociologist at UC Berkeley who was a good friend of Eric Olin Wright's. Michael wrote an afterword for Wright's book, the book we've been talking about, How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century. Here's what Michael Borovoy told me last week about Eric Olin Wright and his work and his impact. Well, he turned out, I mean, you can just look at the tributes all around the world to him him and his work. He was a, he was a extraordinary figure uh, as an intellectual. I mean, he, he had a clarity of mind and a pursuit of rational thinking that I know of no one else. And, and he could talk to anybody and explain anything. Um, so he was, it was, he was more than his writings. Um, his writings, he had two sets of writings, and this is another paradox. He had an writings on class and class analysis. He reconstructed the Marxist understanding of class um, to, to take up the challenge of what is the middle class 
in Marxist thinking that Marx, of course, has, has always assumed, and Marx has to some extent too, that there'd been a polarization between the working class and the dominant class. A polarization which we are seeing happening now, but nevertheless, the fact is that most people think there's are other classes, there's a middle class. And so Eric Sora developed a a compelling framework to understand the middle classes. And he showed to social scientists that that framework could explain things like income inequality and consciousness, as well as any other framework. And so that was his sort of scientific project. But he had a second project, which I call his critical project, his project on real utopias. Starting in 1991, which not coincidentally was the year in which the Soviet Union collapsed, Marxism faced a challenge because so many people thought if the Soviet Union is dead, Marxism is dead. Marxists, or some Marxists at any rate, many Marxists thought this was a moment of emancipation for Marxism because if the Soviet Union dies, the sort of the most regressive form of Marxism, Marxism as ideology of a class society, of state socialism, would also wither away and we would now be a much freer to develop Marxism, which I think to some extent happened. Anyway, so Eric developed his project of real utopias. And so one problem is if the one alternative to capitalism that exists in the world, namely the Soviet Union, and perhaps we can include China at that time too, though it was changing, um, if that alternative disappears, then capitalism looks natural, inevitable, and we with us forevermore. And that is a real problem for Marxists. Marxists have to cling to, in my view, an idea that there is a world beyond capitalism. We can call it socialism, communism, whatever, but it's beyond capitalism, and it allows more people, the majority of people, to flourish in a way that they wouldn't under capitalism. So Eric develops an alternative vision of that future called real utopias. He says that basically the idea is not to establish a blueprint. Marxists have always found blueprints as problematic and they can often lead to authoritarian regimes that sort of seek to implement them. But no, we have to not have an imaginary blueprint, but a real utopia. That is to look around the world and see if we can find institutions, organizations, social movements that are, in principle, anti-capitalist. And that is what he does. So he picks up things like participatory budgeting in, in Latin America, in Brazil, in Porto Alegre. He, he looks at cooperatives. Uh, he, looks at, he loves Wikipedia, for example, as a, sort of, as a way of, of organizing peer-to-peer -peer production. So in which individuals, consumers and producers work together to collectively produce something. I mean, Wikipedia is probably the best encyclopedia we have in the world. Um, but it was produced collectively, and so Eric is able to tease out the sort of the anti-capitalist logic in its very production process. And he talks about universal incomes grant, that basically people should be given, all adults should be given, a, a, and sometimes it's extended to children, but all adults should be given sort of a basic income that allows them to live. That would transform the character of capitalism. Anyway, these are, on, and I could go on, but these are the sorts of ideas he has. And so he has been able to effectively sort of elaborate these ideas, uh, looking at their conditions of existence, their internal contradictions and how they may be disseminated, and also tries to link them together in a broader project, a uh, socialist project and a democratic socialist project. What is important is that he's trying to root that in the realities of capitalism, in the interstices of capitalism, you find these alternatives. Um, I think that you can talk about 
possibly you can talk about, well, he does to some extent, talk about the ways that these projects can actually develop. But I think what is important about these projects is they keep alive the idea that there can be something after capitalism. And that is very important. Just keeping that idea alive actually um, can keep people's hopes alive to engage in a sort of collective struggle as well as these fragmented individual struggles. Eric Olin Wright, he wrote a book before he died, and it is now out from Verso. It's called How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century. You wrote the afterword to this new book. What is that book about? What Eric does in this book is basically it's a popular version. And it sort of shifts a bit, but it was largely a popular version of a book he wrote in 20, came out in 2010, called Envisioning Real Utopias, which is a thick and much more scholarly book on the project. This was written as a sort of manifesto for but academics, but for non-academics too. So it's a very beautifully written, accessible book on this project of real utopias. I mean, it's, it came out last month, and the, there are already 10 foreign translations in progress. Wow. So it, it captures, his ideas capture the imagination of a whole new generation of socialists and sort of AOC is another sort of big figure. It's around the De Democratic Socialists of America, DSA. So it's, there is a whole new generation of people who are looking for ways of thinking about alternatives to capitalism. And they may not be explicitly Marxist, but the Marxism is not so necessarily so important about this last book. Um, what is important is the sort of the practice of engaging in the development of real utopias as a common project that transcends um, national boundaries and appeals to our, a, a new generation of socialists, anti-capitalists. It's the sad thing is that Eric died. He was seventy-two, and you know he was at the, the height of his of his intellectual acumen and have his he he what was interesting the last 10 years he had an extraordinary perhaps even 15 years extraordinary appeal to activists rather than to academics and not just activists on the street but you know politicians progressive politicians and you could you should see the tributes that are, that have been written about him from all corners of the world that is michael borovoy sociologist based at uc berkeley talking about his friend the late Eric Olin Wright, the late great Eric Olin Wright, a profoundly influential thinker and sociologist and Marxist intellectual uh, who died in January of this year. Uh, but he, before he died, he wrote this gift to us. He wrote a book called How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century. And that book, we are so pleased to announce, is available and is can be yours as a thank you gift for a pledge of $15 a month to KPFA or $120 all at once. 1-800-439-5732. My name is C.S. Song. I had the pleasure of meeting 
Eric and talking with him at length about one of his favorite notions and ideas, unconditional basic income. You may have heard about uh, some of that conversation. You might have heard some of that conversation earlier this hour. Uh, This book, How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century, yours for a $15 a month pledge to KPFA at 1-800-439-5732 is divided into a number of sections. And again, it's it's not a difficult book to get through. It ha- it's about 150 pages. It begins with the chapter, Why Be Anti-Capitalist? And it explains what capitalism is and grounds for opposing capitalism. Then it goes on to a diagnosis and critique of capitalism, according to several key values that he believes all progressives and leftists share. Then he talks about varieties of anti-capitalism, such as smashing capitalism, dismantling capitalism, taming capitalism, and so on. And then he talks about building blocks of a democratic socialist economy, including unconditional basic income. So you get um, discussion about that in this book, the cooperative market economy, the social and solidarity economy, banking is a public utility. Then he goes on to a chapter called Anti-Capitalism and the State, And he talks about new forms of citizen participation, new institutions for democratic representation, democratizing electoral rules of the game. And his final chapter is Agents of Transformation. Again, it has an afterword by Michael Bourvoy. We are delighted to offer this to you. And there is some urgency around this because I've been given a bit of a match. Well, it's not a bit of a match. It's an actual match from John in Berkeley, who's put up $300 of his own dollars. Um, but he'll match you dollar for dollar. That's the way he wants to give. He doesn't want to just give $300, hand it over. He wants to match you dollar for dollar. So if you pledge $120 for how to be an anti-capitalist in the 21st century, we get $240. Your dollars are basically doubled until we collectively rustle up $300. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. It's a very, it's as clear, this book is as clear and accessible as Eric is a speaker. Eric is just, it just rolls off his tongue. He's very logical. He's accessible. Uh, he makes things, um, you know, he demystifies concepts And I really appreciated that when I talked to him and when I read his work. This book is useful for scholars and lay people and activists alike. And um, it distills, as I mentioned before, many of uh, the ideas he came up with and thought about and developed and elaborated over his many decades of teaching, research, and writing. He, by the way, is a a product of Berkeley. He got his PhD from UC Berkeley in 1976. And um, as Michael Bourvoy mentioned, this book is being translated into 10 languages. So this gives you an indication of how important this book is and uh, what kind of a landmark it is a kind of a tribute to a very important thinker and his ideas. I want to thank me Movin or Mevin in Berkeley. Thank you for your pledge of support. Anonymous in Fresno, California. Thank you so much. 
Tara in San Jose. Thank you, Dan- Daniel in San Rafael. Uh, but none of these people have called during this critical match period, and we only have seven minutes left to make $300. It's not a, a large match amount, but it's enough to pose a challenge to us here because we have to make every match count. And I assume that there are a lot of people out there who are interested in anti-capitalism and anti-capitalist strains of thought and who would appreciate the advice and instruction and insight provided by this book by Eric Olin Wright, How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century. Uh, I want to read a little bit more from the description of this book. Capitalism has transformed the world and increased our productivity, but at the cost of enormous human suffering. Our shared values, equality and fairness, democracy and freedom, community and solidarity can provide both the basis for a critique of capitalism and help to guide us toward a socialist and democratic society. Eric Olin Wright has distilled decades of work into this concise and tightly argued manifesto, analyzing the very varieties of anti-capitalism, assessing different strategic approaches, and laying the foundations for a society dedicated to human flourishing. This book is an urgent and powerful argument for socialism and an unparalleled guide to help us get there. Another world is possible. And again, this includes an afterword by the author's close friend and collaborator, Michael Borvoy, who was nice enough to join me in studio to talk about somebody he really cared about and whose ideas he cares very deeply about. And just the respect you hear in Michael's voice and in his comments for uh, this figure, this national figure, this internationally renowned figure, Eric Olin Wright, and what he did to the field of sociology and to radical thought, to Marxist thought, to thinking that goes, that tries to go, that tries to lead us beyond capitalism. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. I want to tell you that you give to KPFA, and in this case, you get something that uh, you might be reading and sharing and thinking about for some time to come. This is a not a... You know, some of those books, uh, some of these books are very, they're very specific. They go just to one issue and they hit it hard, and that's great. But this book pulls back and takes the broader picture of the capitalist system in which we live, the structures that dominate us, and the ways in which we are manipulated and exploited, and it breaks down what it is what the system and the structure is, and then it identifies ways in which we can move beyond it. And in fact, it identifies ways in which we are moving behind it. So as Michael was saying, the interstices of capitalism, what can we do within the interstices of capitalism while capitalism is still around? Because it's hard to think about the end of capitalism, what that would require. But while capitalism still exists, what can people do? What can you and I do in order to foster anti-capitalist modes of thought and practice? What can we do 
together with other collectivities in collectivities to promote anti-capitalist ways of thinking, ways of thinking that go beyond the profit motive, uh, that go beyond the centralization of power in order to dominate workers and other marginalized communities. What can we do and what are we doing? So partly it's recognizing what is being done within capitalism um, and also how we can intensify those efforts and what might be needed in order to move entirely beyond capitalism. Extraordinarily important questions in my mind, in Michael's mind, in certainly Eric Olin Wright's mind. 1-800-439-5732. We would love to hear from you. You can also pledge securely online at KPFA. Org. There are lots of thank you gifts out there. Maybe you just want to appreciate, you want to express your appreciation for hearing these kinds of ideas. Well, you can ask for any thank you gift. In fact, you can just pick up your phone and call 1-800-439-5732 and ask for any thank you gift that's been offered thus far this fund drive. We've got all kinds of films. We've got other books. We've got speeches. We've got speech packs, film packs. Uh, we've got uh, KPFA paraphernalia. I'm looking right now at a lovely tote bag. I'm looking at a hoodie. There is a cap. Uh, there are bumper stickers. There is a water bottle. There is a beanie. All kinds of thank you gifts. Uh, but hopefully you will understand and agree that the real reward for calling into KPFA is to know that you are part of something that all of us all of the KPFA community listen and consume and enjoy and learn from. So you are allowing something to happen, not just for yourself, but for the people around you, just like people who've given in the past have done something, namely contributed money, so that you could get the benefit of KPFA. You could hear Eric Olin write today. You could learn about efforts to promote and advocate for anti-capitalism and that you could help you could uh, it might jog or jiggle or whatever the proper verb is your brain into what is a better world what is a better world out there we want to hear from you it doesn't matter what you want you could ask for no gift at all in which case you are helping us because then we don't have to go about the, our business of uh you know contacting the distributor and all this other stuff so you're saving us money if you give without even without asking for a thank you gift but whatever you want to do the important thing to do is to call 1-800-439-5732 we need at least one more call to make our match of $300 from John and Berkeley you can be that caller we're depending on you to call uh, your fellow listeners are depending on you to call um, I want to thank Miguel Guerrero and um, I want to thank Michael Bourvoy for joining me uh, recently to talk about Eric Olin Wright. You are listening to KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley, KF, KPFB 89.3 FM in Berkeley, KFCF 88.1 FM in Fresno, K248BR 97.5 FM in Santa Cruz, around the world at kpfa.org, 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Give us a call. The time is 4 p.m. Stay tuned for Hard Knock Radio.